Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with badass women, empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Hi guys, I'm sharing something a little bit different today. This is a chat I had with my good friend Georgie. You may have heard Georgie Glass's interview. It was one of the first ever Put Yourself First podcast interviews I put up. I will have that linked in the show notes if you've not listened to it because we had a great conversation about business, networking, freelance, creativity. And I wanted to get Georgie back on because I've had a lot of good feedback from that episode. I love chatting business and we just seem to have really good conversations about it so this is a good mix of the emotional side of business and like the behind the scenes and the reality but also some really practical tips that I think anyone can take away whether you're starting a business whether you already have an established business or if it's just something you might consider in the future so yeah I really hope you enjoy it it's very conversational no real direction to it but we do go off on some really good tangents I think so well worth a listen if you've got a long car ride ahead of you or you're at the gym or on a walk or whatever so enjoy. Hi everyone welcome back I'm with Georgie Glass again today. Hi guys. (laughs) We did a part one um in January wasn't it? It was like one of the I think it was back in January yeah yeah yeah. So for anyone who's new to the podcast um we had a great chat about networking and creativity Georgie's a pro food and lifestyle photographer in Manchester and yeah just wanted to have another chat today because yeah I like spending time with you (laughs) (laughs) I think today I think today's podcast is going to be more of like a conversational yeah piece I wouldn't say that it's like led by kind of a question and answer like last time was yeah definitely I think this is just more of like a conversational piece so if you're interested you're in the car and you're on the way to work you're just interested in two women chatting about business then continue to to listen I guess definitely or continue to listen anyway because this podcast is brilliant um if I do say so myself but um but yeah I I'm happy to to go with what wherever you'd like to start really yeah Yeah. because we were so me and Holly um were hosting the one of the seminars over the weekend and podcasting came up and the thing that we spoke about was like how valuable it is to feel like you're someone's in your ear like talking to you and I yeah. think that's the value isn't it and yeah definitely it's something that you can do on the move it's something that you can do it's accessible to you on your mobile phone you you can pick it up whenever you're feeling happy or sad or if you need that extra bit of support especially for like independent businesses I know that as an independent business, somebody who fully functions completely on their own on a regular basis. It's having that person in your ear, it's being able to reach out to somebody virtually whenever, wherever you are, to to kind of be that support, be that, that person to hold your hand. And it might not even be relevant to what it is that you're... It, it might not be relevant to your industry. I know that I... I really enjoy listening to the debrief podcast um, 
with Steve Stevie Martin and Tessa Coates, and I just and I and I know when I'm on the go, if if I feel a bit low, the nature of their podcast just lifts me up wherever I am because it's it's just knowing that you're not on your own wherever you are, and that yeah. like maybe the mistakes you're making and the mistakes, and I think definitely the nature of this, is, is, that is the nature of this podcast is that you're you're usually picking up these interview pieces with people to kind of see what mistakes these other people have made and are you making the same kind of mistakes or are you making the set have you got similar kind of career goals i know that like when you interviewed carly rowena and i know a lot of people probably tuned into that just for carly but then probably left with so much more and yeah uh, i think that's what podcasts can offer definitely it's like really intimate conversations yeah i know that that's why me and my peers and my friends that's why we listen to podcasts is because it's it's a, it's a conversation it's like it's the old school earwigging someone's conversation in a coffee shop like yeah i'll still go somewhere with somebody that you know i know and i might i might be really interested in what somebody's doing over the other side of the coffee shop and it might not be that i'm I'm nosy or that I'm like just want to be in, in, in their business but I think that I think that that's almost what podcasts do is it like gives you that fly on the wall element to see like what somebody else is having a chat about that week yeah if I'm that totally, makes sense no I'm totally the same yeah so with that being said let's dive in um yeah. I think today I want to chat about for anyone who's feeling like nosy and wants a bit of an insight into what it's like running their own business behind the scenes whether they work full-time whether they want to start a business or not I think everyone's interested in entrepreneurship it's obviously yeah a thing now isn't it that people discuss it's very sexy isn't it entrepreneurship exactly but like it's not all it's not all as it seems and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and a lot that you don't see on Instagram and yeah. yeah I think describing entrepreneurship as sexy is a real like key word for it because if you think about someone that's sexy okay maybe that you've seen them in a, in a, in a restaurant they're wearing a beautiful dress or a really ha- he's a really handsome guy in a, a lovely suit but then if you actually think about how much effort that person's put in to make maybe they're on a first date maybe they've got an anniversary maybe uh, they're actually maybe going to like a family event and they've put loads of effort in to to look sexy, to look great. Um, so there's loads of work gone on behind the scenes and that is a really good metaphor for entrepreneurship. And that's So that's why I always think about it because it is... I, oh, God, I hate saying this word. I sound like a Kardashian, but I am blessed to be an entrepreneur from it. But, <laughs> but I think that people who don't, who maybe who are who aren't an entrepreneur or are aspiring to be one I'd, I'd hope maybe from this conversational podcast that we they can leave with some tidbits of what it really is like to be an independent business especially a woman in in the creative industry and the challenges that we face definitely um I love following Gary Vaynerchuk and obviously he's not a female um but I love what he said. I love what he says about hard work because I think in the past a lot of big business owners have sold the lifestyle of running a business as glamorous, like amazing cars, like helicopter rides to a private island and all this stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, but 
are you gonna fucking put some work in? <laughs> like, are yeah, you gonna, to, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the lifestyle that people are shown, but actually, even if you're gonna get there, even if that's what you want, because he's like, well, I don't actually want that. I enjoy that. I enjoy the journey of it. I enjoy the process. I think that that's really poignant what you've just said because I think people. And I, and I um, associate this to myself, is that people can see the end goals, but they can't find the milestones in between. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, following what you want from your career and being able to see that holiday, in the Mal- holiday home in the Maldives or um, the 2.5 children with the blonde hair and the blue eyes and the, and the, uh, the, the like you say, the cars or the lifestyle, I think that's great. And... I certainly would never want to say that you shouldn't aspire for that because no. that you know it's good to have end goals. It's good to to vision what you want from your o- life. But and it's okay to want more money and it's okay yeah. to want to earn more. And but I think it's knowing that like that isn't. It's hard. It's, I'm going to be very unpopular saying this next thing, but I think that people, some people want that want the end goal but they're not willing to put the work in in between exactly and that is what he says yeah and i mean i'd love i'm not gonna lie to you i'd love to you know have you know 4.5 million in the bank and run off to the maldives every two minutes i think it'd be fantastic and to have that there people people would love to do as little work as possible and to have that there but i think being an entrepreneur you've got to oh that came out a bit then didn't it i never know how how, how to pronounce it Entrepre- right. entrepreneur I think it's put there as a yeah, I think it's put there as an obstacle initially isn't it like, <laughs> yeah. can you pronounce this word because if you can't then you're not allowed to do it um, I think I think that I think that you just you just need to love what you do there's no point in having that end goal from working in a job that you hate it might yeah. not even be being an entrepreneur or owning your own business you might be working as part of a corporation and working your way up a ladder and I think that having those having those milestone goals really helps to achieve that end goal which you know it might not be a work-related end goal it could be like I say that house in the Maldives or whatever but just depends what you want from your business you've got to be living got to be living your best life exactly and enjoying process along the way yeah like enjoy enjoying the hard work and enjoying oh not enjoying but almost accepting like the shitty things that happen i think it's okay to enjoy the hard work along the way i think that i think that that's the thing yeah i don't think you're i don't think you're stabbing in the dark there i think that that i think that's okay to say i think that there's times that i want to launch my laptop out the window but you know i wouldn't i would never give up what i'm doing and like I get a lot of people saying to me, like, again, like I said off the back of the last podcast we did, really, really associating with a lot of things that I'd said, but I also got some feedback saying that they thought it was really great that what I was doing, and it was incredible to see how far I'd come in the five years that I've been working as a freelance photographer, but I'm certainly not where I want to be yet, and and I've still got goals, and I still encounter the same problems that every single other freelancer does, like... I 
I think there's two people in life. There's the people that can see the big picture but can't see the milestones. And there's the people that can set those short-term goals but don't really know what they want out of life. Yeah. And I'm very much a big picture kind of person. I know where I want to be. I know what, you know, awards I want under my belt. I know that I one day want to be shooting for Delicious magazine. I know where I want to be but I just don't know. I can't vision how to get there. Um, Visioning is something actually that I... I'm trying to do more of at the moment because it's just something that I don't, I've never encountered before. So I've recently become part of, it's now known as the Accelerate, NatWest Accelerator Programme, I've recently become part of that. Uh, I only had my induction last week um, and it's a six month to 18 month programme helping nurture young entrepreneurs and, and businesses. Uh, actually it's not just young, it's all ages, it, but like young businesses is yeah. in like it could be a business that's a, a startup or it could be seven years old, it's still classed as an initial yeah. stage. And on our, my induction, something that, that was spoken a lot about was this visioning, which um, we, we're going to have seminars in and we're going to like learn lots more about, but it's being able to envision where you want to be in your life and, and how you're going to get there and something that's been spoken about loads which I know you speak about a lot Kat is like also 90 day plans and how you can fit your 90 day plans into into visioning and setting those end goals for your 90 day plans that help you achieve your maybe your end goal for the year which helps feed your end goal for the next five years and yeah and then breaking it down into into week by week or maybe month by month goals which actually reaches a target because yeah. I know that and the stuff that I've learned through really just being friends with you and like working with you regularly is that bef- a year ago um, I didn't really have targets I didn't really have goals I'm just kind of stabbing around in the dark until I achieved something which was great but then I learned at the end of I learned at the end of last year when something big happened to me in my business and it's like took me quite by surprise really that you know, you if, if you're constantly going to be fumbling around in the dark trying to make advances with your business and you don't actually really know what it is that you want other than, in my case, is that I wanted to be a professional photographer, that those, those, dark, those dark days, those losses are actually going to hit you harder than, say, if you didn't reach a goal because if you have a goal in place, maybe you didn't quite reach it, then you you can just keep setting that same goal to reach. But if you don't yeah. if you don't have anything in place, then what are you actually reaching for? What are yeah. you trying to aspire to? And I always say like even if you aspire to something and you work towards it and you don't quite get there, you're probably still a lot further along than you would yeah. be if you had just wing like winged it and just not even considered what you wanted in the first place. I think that there's it's 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 extremely difficult as a creative to set yourself targets and goals because I think that it's this whole thing of routine that the main reason that people go freelance if especially if they've worked in a corporate environment before or maybe they've worked for the man or whatever I think a lot of people become entrepreneurs because they don't want to have that routine I think it's different for you and I because we've always worked for ourselves really uh, yeah in this capacity so I think that um I'm not speaking for myself here, but I think that people that leave an industry to get, become freelance, one of the main reasons is because they don't want that routine, they don't want that nine to five, they don't want... But I think learning to, to implement some kind of routine was key to me having a turning point in my business last year, was because 
it doesn't it doesn't mean routine in terms of a nine to five Monday to Friday. It just means that um, you have this routine of your ninety day goals, or maybe you you know you're in your business every day of the week, but every Wednesday afternoon you take time off to actually focus on growing your business because yeah. I know for a fact that when I'm in my business, if I'm shooting for a client, maybe I'm retouching, I'm replying to emails, I'm a slave to my emails. I feel like every time I reply to one, three more come in and it's just a nightmare. I could say I'm gonna do my emails for half an hour and like four hours later, it's lunchtime and I've maybe replied to 10 emails and I feel like I've not actually done the thing that day when really, I have, I've replied to loads of emails and that should be credited but you don't really give yourself credit for that because it doesn't feel like you're doing anything to push forward. Yeah. So I think setting that routine for me has been, I guess, would be one big tidbit. For t- if, if, if people are going to listen to this podcast and take nothing else away, I'd love for them to just take away the fact of implementing that routine of setting time aside to grow your business because if you don't focus on where you want to go and where you want to end up, then then what are you really doing it for? What, what are you what are you trudging around in the in the present day for if you can't aspire to something in the future I was going to piggyback on that and say I think like you say everyone has this again it's this whole lifestyle of being an entrepreneur that people think it's you know all this freedom and being able to go on holiday every single weekend or whatever it is that people see on Instagram and actually you learn sometimes the hard way if you start a business that you need some structure in your life because people think that becoming an entrepreneur and letting go of all the structures that were forced on them is going to give them this immense sense of freedom but then I think a lot of people actually find it almost suffocating in a way and finding a structure a new structure and a new way of doing things that works for you and fits your business and the lifestyle you want to lead that structure actually allows me more like mental freedom and mental capacity anyway yeah so it's it's ironic that having like writing my to-do list out by the hour like to some people they'd be like oh well why are you doing that because you're a business owner and you can do what you want and you can go to you can go to the shops and shop for clothes like on your lunch break if you wanted to why wouldn't you give yourself that flexibility but I do and it's almost like I I choose I choose when I'm going to be flexible but I also a lot of the time choose to be structured because it's it's easier yeah it a lot like it I think allowing for structure releases any kind of feelings of guilt because I know that uh something again that I've learned since like working with you especially um I'm no stranger to say that I have had coaching sessions with Kat on business and how to build structure because it was just something that I really really struggled with and something that I I deal with in work business and in life as well is feeling guilty about things um and and not having structure just led to feeling guilt and it was like this ever cycle what do they call it self-fulfilling prophecy Mm. if you're not gonna if you're not gonna implement some kind of structure um then you're just you 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 seal in your own fate you know you're not gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel guilty because but because you've not done everything you want to do that day or you've not you've not built in that structure but it's almost more than that because 
say you get up at the beginning of the day and you don't do what it is that you set out to do that day, but you already assign, you already reside yourself to the fact by 11am that it's not going to be done. So maybe you do go for a coffee or maybe you do go shopping on your lunch break and already you feel those feelings of guilt bubbling up inside your stomach because you've sealed your own fate at 11am when you've decided that you're not going to get that thing done today. Oh, I couldn't possibly get that thing done today because I... I'm just not going to be able to do it. It's just too big of a task. So instead of trying to break it down and conquer it, you just you're not giving yourself enough credit really to kind of get things done. But I think by implementing structure and breaking things down, like you say, I know you said hourly really works for you. I know personally for me that would be too much structure. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm a bit of an extreme example. I yeah. love being organised. I think though we're quite good to be talking about it though because I think you're really organised and very well structured and I think that I'm an example of somebody who can be quite scatty at times who's implementing structure in quite a lapsadaisical way yeah. maybe like I definitely have structure to my weeks um, but instead of looking things like hour by hour I'll, my, I'll to be honest I set myself too much to do every week but I'll set myself say I set myself 10 tasks to do rather than planning my week out hour by hour, because my job is very much a case of something might, and I know listeners will probably be able to uh, associate to this, that something might just pop up. Yeah. So 10am on Wednesday morning, somebody might call me up and say, we need you 6pm tonight to shoot an event. And I've just got to be flexible in that way. But I used to, when I first started structuring, I used to set myself too much to do. So then that would then also feed my guilt because if it got to Friday evening and I hadn't finished everything I needed to do, I was like, great, I'm already, I still feel guilty because I've not got everything done that I wanted to do. So I think it's finding that even balance of, okay, what is your career? Are you completely solely dependent on what you do with your own time? Or are are there other variables? Are you... Are you answering emails because people need you maybe there and then? Or if, like like I say, my, myself, is somebody ringing you up and calling you out later that week? Do you need that flexibility? So my structure to my diary definitely does lend towards being flexible if I need to be. So what I do is I have, again, I've built the structure with Kat and it is wonderful for me. I have a Trello board and at the beginning of every week I set myself depending on how much time I think I've got that week, I might set myself 8 to 15 tasks to do that week. Yeah. Um, and then once they're done, I drag them into the done pile. So it might be a case of I wake up on Monday morning and think, okay, I've not got anything booked today, so I'm going to try and smash 8 of my 15 tasks today. But then the next morning I might get a phone call that I'm needed somewhere and, and if I get to the end of the day and think, mm, I've not done any of my tasks today, but actually that was okay because... I've, I've done X, Y and Z today. Yeah. And always make sure that you add those to your done pile because yeah, that's something I, like I learned that. from you um, and our sessions was that if you don't make a note of the stuff that you've done that aren't, isn't on your to-do list, then if you ever look back and think, well, what did I actually do that day? It's not in my diary. I've not bulleted it anywhere. I, I could have... I might as well have just been sitting in my pants watching Sex and City. <laughs> Which is great. Which is great. And don't get me wrong, that's one of my self-care techniques. But, like, I think that documenting what it is that you've done, even if it's not on your to-do list, is really imperative. Yeah. And I always stress as well that, like, I, I love structure, but I love the structure because sort of abiding by the structure, maybe 60, 70% of the time, I know that I'm going to get everything done that week and the other 
30-40% of the time when stuff comes up or I feel ill that day or I'm tired or honestly I just can't be arsed and I'm yeah. not in the mood because if I'm not in the mood to film a video I'm not in the mood like if you're a creative it's hard to push past that isn't it and create good work yeah so it's almost like sometimes you need to sack it off and take a step back and having my structure I have chosen that structure but I can also choose that flexibility and own the decision to go to the sh- to go shopping or own the decision to say you know what I'm going to go out for lunch with my parents and my granddad today because that is just as important to me as my business yeah and or you know owning the days when you might have had stuff on your to-do list but a last minute client opportunity came up or something else came up because that happens and owning that those things happened and valuing them and not like and that in itself helps me let go of the guilt of oh but I didn't do this like but that's that can get done tomorrow yeah it's okay I think it's <laughs> I think it's knowing it's knowing your limits and what you can do and and if you don't get something done that day then it, it'll just get done another day like yeah. I know I know for a fact these last two weeks so if I don't know when the podcast is going out but at the end of March beginning of April when um it was Easter I everybody obviously had a four-day working week and I did take a long weekend the Easter weekend and then I had two days in the office, but then I had my induction for uh, entrepreneurial spark, I was going to say, yeah. at West Accelerator. Uh, so I knew I wasn't going to be in the office those two days. Um, and then I actually had a break in Brighton that fell that next weekend. So I was then away the Sunday morning until the Tuesday evening. Um, and, and so now this week that we're now filming, uh, we're recording on... Um, I'm actually, I've actually only got a three day week. So it's actually led to nothing being done on my to-do list for the last two weeks. Like I've not touched my to-do list since Good Friday. But I'm okay with that because yeah. I knew going into the Easter weekend that I'd identified that these next two weeks are gonna be really higgledy-piggledy. Yeah. And as long as my business is ticking over, I'll, I'll probably get back to my do- to-do list next Monday. That's probably yeah. when the next opportunity will be for me to actually sit down and evaluate what it is I need to now push forward. And I think it's knowing the difference between treading water and swimming. If you can tread water constantly and keep your business afloat, that's one thing. But then obviously t- spending that time to make sure that you're swimming and going forward. But that doesn't have to be every God-given hour of the day or yeah. every single day of the week. I think definitely it's just learning how to like not Titanic your business and be yeah. you know Jack and Rose floating on the door in the middle of the sea. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just need to yeah find that balance. But for, I think one of the perks going back to like entrepreneurship and the the pros and cons and things like that and and what we were saying at the beginning. I think for me a massive thing recently was identifying that I am just crap on Mondays. Anybody that follows me on Instagram will know that it's a bit of a joke that every now and then I'll post something on Instagram and it'll be a moan about a Monday. More often led by a comment from you going, I love Mondays! <laughs> and, like, and then I'll be like, no! Yeah. But then what I've realised recently, that after five years of business and bullying myself that I need to work on a Monday because everybody else works on a Monday, I've actually recently identified why, if I'm freelance and I'm an entrepreneur and I own my own business... Am I forcing myself to work on a day that I never get anything done? And yeah. then by the end of the day, 
I just feel guilty about it again. Guilt for me, as you probably realise, is a massive thing. So what I've done recently, uh, the last maybe only month, I'd say, is I don't work on a Monday anymore. Um, and okay, if an email comes in or if I get a phone call, fine. I'm, it's, I, I appreciate that it's a working day for other people. So if something comes through and I have to deal with it, then I'll deal with it. But in terms of my to-do list or... Yeah, like actually sitting actually down sitting, at your desk. Yeah, I don't do it on a Monday. I, I will. I refuse to do it because I do not get anything done on a Monday, and more often than not, my job actually ends up making me work on weekends sometimes. If it's a photo shoot or an event, or maybe it's a Wee Blog North event, and I'm teaching on a Sunday. Um, but Mondays, technically in the creative industry, are quite a slow day anyway. So if I can afford to take a Monday off, then I'm gonna bloody do it because I deserve it. Uh, and I think having your own business and being freelance is, is reminding yourself that you are deserving of the things that that everybody else is entitled to in, in any kind of profession. It's it's not this glamorised, you must work 14 to 17 hours of the day and you wait, you work from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep because trust me, I've been there and I've got the t-shirt and it's not worth it. Yeah. You don't get any further on from working every God-given hour of the day and you'll probably lose some friends and maybe family members in the process. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually have lost friends. Yes. I have I have had to communicate with people in the past that this is this is my life and but then actually taking a step back, I used to say to people, well this is just me, this is my life, this is what it means to be a freelancer. You've got to understand that or else you can't be my friend. Well, that's not technically true like Yeah that's m- me and what I perceived as being freelance and what I yeah. as a young entrepreneur thought no this is has to be what I have to do I have to work every god given hour of the day but I think it was only getting a boyfriend at the end of last year or mid to end of last year that it forced me to have to prioritize my own well-being because he wasn't going to wait around for me yeah. if I wasn't going to reply to a text message or you know, yeah. cancel on, on a date. I think you do it to your friends and your family because you know that they'll be there for you no matter what and they yeah, just that's accept the rough, it. that's rough, the rough thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but John wasn't going to stick around it just because I couldn't make something yeah. or do something. So all of a sudden I was thrown into this unfamiliar territory of prioritising myself, which I hadn't done for like four and a half years of business. But then I think that's kind of rubbed off don't get me wrong, my friends will probably be listening to me now saying this and they'll be like, hold on a minute, you're no better replying to text messages than you were six months ago. But I'd like to think that I'm getting better because yeah. I think life is just a balance between business and pleasure and if you don't have that balance right, then what are you living for? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> yeah. I like Adam and I, our relationship is just transformed in the past year obviously not going to go into that but you know that's that's our relationship but I I think a huge part of that is me realizing like life life ha- life is happening and there's more to life than your business and yeah. growing your business and working and it sounds obvious but I think when you've grown something from the ground up and it's just starting to take off and you're just starting to feel like, oh, like, I'm actually good at things and people actually want to hire me to do things and yeah. give me money for it. Mm. You're like, oh, shit. Like, and you just become obsessed and completely blinkered. And there's such value in that. And I think you almost have to get into that, like, obsessive state 
for a while yeah yeah to really get to know your business inside out but then there's always that moment where you're like right okay I need to take a step back and like you say learn to be treading water yeah and know that it's okay I'm gonna take a four-day weekend like every other normal person and be treading water you know I'm not gonna have landed a new client that weekend I'm not gonna have put out so much great content I'm probably like completely quiet on Instagram but I've spent quality time with Adam and my family and I think the problem with 21st century freelance entrepreneurship is that and we were just talking about this prior to us switching the microphone on Mm -hmm. is that it's completely led by algorithms and Instagram and Facebook and like if you're a freelance business and you spend so much time and energy nurturing an audience, if you take a four-day weekend and maybe lose 20 followers, I mean, I, it's that, it used to be the end of the world to me and that, was, that would be like why I would never take any time off because it's like I'm not going to not document this thing that I'm doing on my social media because if I don't and, I, and I'm quiet on, online for a few days, then people are going to unfollow me and I'm going to lose traction and... and and it is about finding that balance and knowing that, okay, that is important. But it's also really important to be present in, in real life. And I feel like a lot of everything that we've said on this podcast maybe is a bit of common sense. But I'm hoping that people listening to this conversational piece resonate with the things that we've said. Because it is about knowing that it's important to focus on your business and growth and Instagram stats and everything like that. But it's also really important to be present with your partner or your family or in yeah. your real life because and yourself <laughs> and with yourself because if you're not if you're not growing your business to have a better life for you yeah then what are you doing it for you you're doing this to earn money to do things in real life so don't get yeah. so sucked into fig it's not just it's not just social stats I always like to look at being too sucked in by figures because it's your social stats it's your hours a day you're working it's the amount of money you're earning every month. It's your tax return. We are led as a society by numbers and you don't want to become a number. You don't want to become, you are you and you are your own person and you've got your own interests and your own passions and your own um, drives, I guess. And yeah. you don't want to, don't forget that. Don't forget that and don't lose who you are to nurturing your own business. And I think you're right that you do need to have that crazy busy period where you're like learning about what it is that you want to do, but it is remembering that you you are allowed to have a break. You yeah. Know, if you want to do some, it might be a case of going on a two week holiday or taking a four day weekend over Easter, or it might just be. I know you like you talk a lot about well well being and self care, and it's just knowing knowing that it's okay to do that. I mean, I still love. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast I did, but going off with the dog on an afternoon going for a walk and just having a think like that for me is a real kind of switch off period or or knowing that it's okay if you've not got everything done by the end of the day it is okay to stop at five thirty, six o'clock like every other normal human being and just exactly. make your tea yeah and watch a bit of crap on yeah. the television i'm sure anyone who works nine to five in an office in a busy job you'll know like there are there are days where you get to the end of the day and you're like shit this big project like I've just not made enough headway on it today 
oh well, like, and then you go, okay, and you sort of can put it away and go back to it tomorrow. Yeah. And even if, you know, you love, even if you love your job or you love what you're doing, I think in a nine to five, there is, there can be often that element of like, fuck it, it's Friday, get the beers in. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas an entrepreneur, like, it's, it's so with you, it's like sat on your shoulder. Yeah, I think... But it's, it's learning just, to let go of that and... I'm always con- Embrace that mindset of, if it's not done today, it's okay, it will get done tomorrow yeah. or on Monday. Yeah. I think I'm always conscious when I'm chatting about entrepreneurship that I don't ever want to leave anybody out and like... I mean, I don't really think that people would be listening to this podcast if they weren't dreaming or were an entrepreneur or being freelance. But if somebody's listening to this now and thinking, well, you know, I do work in a nine to five and I do take things home. Like I know that I've got a friend called Sarah um, and she works in human resources and she works so incredibly hard and and she, you know, she'll work whatever she needs to do she and in a way and that's what how we associate with each other because even though we're completely two completely different fields we do associate with that fact that if Sarah just needs to get a report done it doesn't matter if it's six o'clock on a Friday she has to take it home with her for the weekend that's just the nature of her job but I think what I've learned from my friend is that if she then has to take something home with her she gives us she gets time in lieu yeah so like she'll do this report and it might take her eight extra hours over the weekend but then she'll report that back to her supervisor or uh, whoever is above her I'm not sure what level she's on with her job and that'll get documented but as entrepreneurs we don't do that we you know if we have to do those eight extra hours over the weekend it's almost this attitude of being like oh well I have to I have to do this because if I have to get these images retouched into a client for 9am Monday morning and the shoot ran till 11 o'clock on Friday night I'm gonna have to do those eight hours over the weekend because that client needs them for, for then but what I've started trying to do which is I guess another tidbit to take away is if you are doing those extra hours keep yourself a little timesheet on the wall in your office either on a pin board or in a notepad and just like keep a tally of how many hours you've done extra out of your office hours in inverted commas and you know reward those hours back to yourself at, at a later stage maybe you've done four hours somewhere on a Saturday morning and then the next weekend you want to take half a day on a Friday, do that, do that as you would if you were working in a, in a nine to five business, you know, yeah. do this, implement the same things that you would do anyway, like, I mean, I would never do this, but you could even, you could also do it, you could give yourself holiday, so you could, you could even say, okay, I'm going to give myself, you could give yourself more, but say you were going to give yourself 30 days holiday a year, uh, obviously not sick days and not you know anything like that but um, if you do want to take yourself off to for a long weekend be like okay I've got 25 days holiday a year yeah. uh, I'm going to take a Friday and I'm going to take a Monday okay now I've only got 23 days holiday a year so you, it's just implementing things in place that you would do if if you were working for somebody else yeah my mum has been pointing that out to me a lot over the past six months because I think she's sort of noticed in the past year, like, I always seem to be at home. I always seem to be at my desk. <laughs> and she's like, is this gal ever going on holiday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
so me and Adam have booked a holiday a week in May and one thing like I said I said to myself at the start of this year this works for me is looking at it in weeks so I know that I've got a week off in May and we're going to be in Turkey and I'm I'm not going to do any work I'm just going to enjoy like I'll take we'll take pictures and we'll yeah. capture it but not in like an instant sense of I probably won't be on Instagram that much I'm just not going to yeah. think about it so I know I've got that week in May I know I've got a week in um, end of August first week of first weekend of September around then and then I know I'll obviously have time off over Christmas and then maybe in between I'll have a few long weekends and I like to look at it sort of as long as every few months I'm having a week off or a long weekend or something that is how I look at holidays and I didn't used to and I think it's a conscious choice because I noticed last year that I was experiencing burnout because I hadn't had any proper time off like longer than two or three days to really switch off because it does impact your creativity and it obviously impacts your productivity and all this other stuff because but it slowly builds up over time and then you notice and you're like shit like I'm not I'm not enjoying my day to day I'm not feeling energised something has to give yeah I mean I'm sat here preaching about all of this stuff but I mean I am class A person for burnout I always I constantly burn out uh, mentally and physically um, because I do too much but I feel like I don't know if this is something that you experience, but I feel like I'm burning out. But then I'm like, well, what am I burning out about? I've still got half of the things that I need to do. I'm nowhere near closer to these goals that I've set myself. Why am I burning out? And I think it's just identifying that it's okay to to just like nurture yourself as you would nurture your business. It's okay to have that to have that time. I mean, it's just such a struggle. I mean, it, this is probably another podcast in itself, but it all comes down to money as well it's such so difficult if you're trying to like make ends meet meet your bills yeah um i know that everything has suffered in my life recently because of money and because i'm I'm a young homo home home owner <laughs> and i think that because nothing comes more nothing comes more important to the to the mortgage and the bills at the end of the day, like I'm earning money as a business because I've got a house to keep and bills to pay. And if I don't make those, then... Well, there's no if I don't make those. I've got to make those. Yeah. So I think that like everything in my life and my partner's life has become, has become second to that because it's important that we make those bills. But I think that we're, we're, both, we're both exhausted. We both need a break. Like... It's just, it's learning how to budget your time and budget your money so that you are prioritising your own well-being and that, okay, we can't really afford a two-week holiday away right now, but maybe we will next year. And for now, we're just going to focus on having that weekend away in Brighton that we just did or um, going away later in the year, maybe just to the UK. It's budgeting your time and where you're at with your business um, and also money obviously comes into that as well and it's just it's just yeah totally it's a massive hard cog that you're constantly pushing to make sure that everything is moving seamlessly in harmony and it's not always as easy as 
people think it is, which is going back to what we were saying at the beginning, that being an entrepreneur or freelancer is no picnic. Yeah. Yeah. So ju- jumping on that last year, um, I wasn't in a position to pay for a like a, a, a proper summer holiday abroad like I've been lucky enough this year, although we did like we did finance that. We did pay it off yeah, in instalments. Yeah, yeah. I'm not and it's not like a Maldives trip or anything. But last year when money was very limited, we had to look like month by month and we did a lot of weekends away. Yeah. And I think staycations as people sometimes refer to them as can be just as you know, just as relaxing yeah. and just just what the doctor ordered, like a few days away, you know, if you can afford two nights in an Airbnb or get like a cheap hotel deal or whatever and it's an hour's drive, like that's that's a lot more doable and then you've at least, and then take off the day either side when you're at home, like getting ready and then just chilling when you get back. So you've got like four days off there, yeah. like a nice long weekend and you've not spent that much money in yeah. And I, I was able to budget that into my monthly income, so I'd sort of think, well, I've had quite a good month, so I'm going to put a little bit extra aside for myself to go towards that. Mm. And that was that that was what saved me last year, I think, those long weekends. I think I think this year I need, like, the full week, yeah. and I need to be out of the country because there is something about a staycation that it's easier to dip into your emails and yeah, it's definitely. easier to yeah. still feel like, oh, just go on Instagram, do a bit of stories and all that other stuff. I think it's it's having those budgets in place. It's so much easier if you've got like that stable income of knowing how much you've got coming in. But I think that um, if, you're, if, you're like, if you're like us and you haven't got the same amount of income coming in every month, something that I always... Well, not at the moment because at the moment, like I say, the most important thing is just make, meeting the bills. But something that I really want to like implement in the future is um, whatever I've... Every time I earn a sum of money, put aside 10%. So I'm actually going to do a blog post soon. It's going to come up on georgieglass.co.uk. I'm going to do a blog post about money. And I'm not... I'm no Martin Lewis money-saving expert, but I think I've... I've got a few tips that I'd really like to share with people. One of which is this try and save 10% of everything you earn. So if you have a, a commission coming through from a client and it's for £500, excuse me, if you can afford to save £50 of that, then put it away in like a day, rainy day fund so that you're not setting yourself £300 a month to set aside. If you're just saving 10% of everything you earn, or maybe it's not 10%, maybe it's one percent maybe it's five percent yeah whatever you set yourself at least you've got that goal um and try and and then use that as like your holiday holiday money or your or your rainy day fund or your okay i'm just gonna use this money to go away on small vacations in the the country that's like one thing that i know is really helped for me is that i pay my 20 percent directly to the tax man so I, i don't wait till my tax return i go on i log on to hmrc and every time I get paid, I um, pay the taxman 20% straight away because it just goes into a kitty. And then it means I haven't got that massive payout at, you know, twice a year. And then if, if, I, if I can afford it, I'll put some aside. Um, and that's something that I've like learned from five years of constantly juggling money 
is that those those two things really helped me like one paying the tax man straight away and two try and save a little bit for and it could just be for an emergency maybe you've not yeah. earned enough money that month and you end up dipping into it yeah or like you have a flat tire or you can't yeah. need something else fixing i think having that money there and and then obviously by the end of the year if you've not touched it you can book a holiday with it and then yeah. you start again come april the first yeah i like that and i, I was weirdly i was thinking about you you saying that a few weeks ago I was thinking to myself I should start doing this because I think if you earn like bits here and there throughout the month like I do like a bride will pay for a wedding in one lump sum so I've got that and then I'll (coughs) invoices will clear from a few different clients at the end of the month so they've come in and then if I'm doing any other makeup work that's cash in hand that's like trickling in throughout the month and I think it's much more manageable to look at each each little chunk of money as it comes in and think, oh, well, it's only 10%. So yeah. it feels less intimidating than when I wait. What I do now is I wait till the end of the month and I look at how much I've earned and I take like a, I, I take like a larger sum out of that into my savings account and it almost feels like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, oh, even though it's it's all my money and it's all just moving around and it's you know it's still there at the end of the day but once it's in that savings account it is like this is only getting touched if it really needs to be touched yeah, and it's yeah. like a really important decision to take some out of it whether it is a holiday or a necessary expense that's unavoidable or whatever i always think i used to feel guilty about putting money away and then if i like say i hadn't earned as much that month I then had to dip into it. Mm. I've done it this month, you know, like money's come in, I've set some aside, and then, yeah. I'm, you know, a client may not pay me yeah, at the exactly. right like, moment. Sometimes you know. you're waiting on money. So yeah, exactly. So in the meantime. But I used to feel guilty about that. I used to feel guilty about, okay, I've got this amount of money in my savings account. I've got to now dip into it because a client's late to pay me. This is so frustrating, I used to think, because. I shouldn't be having to do this because this client owes me that money and I deserve it and I'm now taking money out of my own savings this is so frustrating but that's what it's there for because that is the nature of working for yourself people aren't going to pay you on time because they always prefer having the money in their account for as long as physically possible so that's just something that you've kind of got to not accept because you should never accept it always chase money that you deserved but I certainly don't, I try not to feel guilty about dipping into money that I've set aside anymore. But another good tip, and I'm conscious that we've been chatting for a while, so the only other thing that I'd say is um, give yourself a wage. So, like, if yeah. you know that your expenses every month is £1,100 um, and you need additional to that £1,100, maybe you need 100 or £150 a week to live on, um, okay, so that's... 600 1100 17 1700 pounds a month so say you you need so you know you need to be earning to exist 1700 pounds a month but say one month you earn 2000 pounds okay well that is actually 300 pounds more than i expected to earn rather than burning that money on like clothes or rubbish or you know just Maybe not even burning it away, just having it in your current account and using it on things that you need. 
be like, okay, no, I've, I've overachieved this month, I'm going to set this money aside because one month I might not actually make £1,700, so I'm going to need to borrow that £300 that I earned extra in February for May. Um, and again, that's just something that I've learned from experience really and I, and I wouldn't and I wouldn't say that every month has to be the same either like if you need more money that month or you've not earned as much money and you can't physically pay yourself 1700 pounds then it is about being flexible but having those foundations in place to fall back on so that you have some kind of routine like we were saying before structure and routine yeah yeah I've got so I've got into the habit of doing that in the past six to eight months or so because I think everyone starts out in business. For me, like getting a business bank account helps. Um, I know everyone's, how they structure their money as a business owner is different. But for me, all my, all my income goes into my business bank account and then I pay myself a wage into my current account. And since doing that, like I look at my money so differently and I almost, it's almost made me more grateful and just have a more positive mindset around it because whereas before and I think most people will start out like this especially if you are like me in your first business or what you're in now is like mainly cash in hand I would just put that into my current account and then you know spend it all yeah. so I'd literally just spend all of the money that I'd made and now I have a business account as well as you know being conscious with your savings I'm also conscious of the business bank account and the balance mm -hmm. and knowing that that needs to be slowly topped up over time when those big business expenses come in like your insurance is due to renew or whatever else and that's another thing that's really helped me I just wanted to add yeah that. no I, I I don't have a business bank account I have two personal bank accounts and my money and bill, my money goes into one and that's the same account that my bills go out of every month. So when I get paid, hopefully on time, fingers crossed, <laughs> everything is in there that needs to be. Um, and then I move money across into what I like to call my savings account. Yeah. Which isn't a savings account, it's just an it's just another personal account yeah. that's there to be accessed as and when I need it. And as and when money is transferred in that I don't need immediately, maybe for food shops or for... Um, you know personal expenses that immediately goes into that separate savings account so the money that is in my current account current account is just what I need for like bills and, and expenses and things like that and if I am going to go for a food shop I set myself a budget and I'm like okay I'm going to spend £20 on this food shop so I, I will then transfer £20 across from my savings account into my current account and I'll spend that there and then on that shop and I won't go over it and if I, yeah. if I don't spend 20 quid there's £3.37 left over, I'm not joking that £3.37 will go back into my savings account because I'm that meticulous about it. Um, oh. I know, yeah, I'm quite meticulous when it comes to money and things like that. But um, I, I, I wouldn't advise that. I think the way I work with that is quite bizarre. But it just works for me. I think it's yeah. just identifying what it is that works for you. Yeah, I was just going like, yeah. end, to end this little section on that because I think you have to learn... You have to learn a structure that works for you and everyone's so individual. Don't bully yourself by somebody who's doing it. Like If you're not great with money and you've figured out a way... Because I'm rubbish with money. Yeah. But this works for me and, it, and yeah. it has done. But if somebody who you know who runs a business 
is bossing it at, at money saving management and whatever and that works for them well great well don't bully yourself don't hold yourself to that person's yeah yeah just do what works for you i remember looking into like loads of advice about personal budgeting and someone someone online who's like a big money saving guru or whatever was suggesting um you but do your monthly budget at the start of the month which i do like in my little bullet journal i write down like any birthdays that month anything any you know holidays for spending money like any small or big things that i know i need to personally budget for and that accounts towards my like monthly salary so mm. i know i need to pay myself a bit more that month or i need to pay myself a bit less but that's this is a good idea yeah. I've, I've never thought of doing that yeah that's how i do it but this person was suggesting you then like get the use the cash for those things oh, so you have no. like so you have your food your food shop envelope that's got your food budget in and you're paying cash oh, no, and I'm... then the change goes back into the envelope i, I mean that is a good idea but i hate cash i hate i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a princess i don't carry i don't carry petty cash no i hate it something that me and john have talked about i'm sure he won't mind me mentioning it is uh post office money cards so yeah, that I is an amazing so what we want to eventually do is both pay x amount a month onto a, a post office money card and then that money is is used on food shops and also like if we go out for dinner because yeah. i know for a fact that and i'm sure other couples will associate that it's, it's so awkward when the bill comes isn't it and you've got to split the bill or whatever yeah and we and we always will split the bill you know i'm a very i'm very feminist in that way i would never expect for him to pay for me on a regular basis i want to pay for myself but like still that awkward moment isn't it when the bill comes and it goes okay we both owe 17 pounds 83 i'm usually sat there with my calculator and i add up just because i'm the same in that i I don't i don't really i would never expect adam to pay for me and i want to pay for myself so i add up exactly how much my food and drink is and then i um then i immediately send it in yeah or vice versa because we just because we're on like we're both on sim- with similar banking apps we- you can just send it in like a second card yeah. and then one person will just pay for the whole bill on the card but they've already been sent their half yeah but yeah i agree like it is fiddly so it's, it's it great because me and john live together that's why we want to do it and i know that like later down the line i know that's the plan for you guys it's just it just it's so helpful like yeah that's like we've not done it yet we've not done that it that seems like a really quick like convenient way a convenient like modern alternative to like a to like a joint account yeah and the other thing as well is that like going back to business rather than just like going off on tangent is if like when i can when i can do it because at the moment i wouldn't say i'm in a position to put like 150 pound a month on a post office money card i need that money easily accessible to myself but when i'm in a when i'm in a position to be able to do that you've almost budgeted for the month so because it, the post office money card comes with an app on your phone and every time you spend the amount is updated on your phone yeah so it'll tell you okay 300 pounds has now gone down to 287 pounds because you've just spent x amount on a restaurant or on a food bill so you can start budgeting 
if you've spent X amount at the beginning of the month on a food shop and you've only got 200 quid left, you've got to be careful for the rest of the month. But then one thing that that does feed into is that you don't have to constantly be worrying about your instant access money that you've got to pay for food shops because it's already loaded onto that post office money card and you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the month. So the money that's in your account is literally there for bills and personal pleasure or saving and it, and that you've already worried about that other thing. So I think that would be another like big tip to take away is research into the post office money options and see what maybe what maybe you can do for yourself. You don't have to be in a relationship. You could just yeah. do it on your own. Every month load 150 quid onto that card and you know that that will maybe 200 quid and on that 200 quid on that post office money card it's for your food shops and your nights out because the post office money card is actually like, I think it's a visa, so yeah. you can use it if you want to go out for dinner somewhere, if you're on a night out, it's got contact lists, you can use it just like any other credit card or debit card and it's it's great to help plan your money for yeah. the month. Yeah. Not spawned by post office. Not spawned by post office. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Let's no. I think I just I just really like some of the things that they have in place. I think yeah. that they are. And if you're not in the UK, there's loads of like prepaid card options now, aren't there? Yeah, there's Revolut. You could do Revolut. That's a startup. That right. was a startup that um here in the UK. Uh, so it's it yeah. Was, there's like apps now, isn't there, that you can use like Apple. It loads into your Apple Pay. Yeah, there's so another one that do. I downloaded and I can't. I deleted it because I didn't. I didn't. But the, it was pushed on another podcast I was listening to, and I didn't really click with it. But, um, but yeah, Revolut would be my other my other option. It, you can or you fill in your application online. They send you out your uh, your card, which again, this so this is a more worldwide option. If there's listeners listening in. Um, they send you your Revolut card, and then it's the same thing. Whatever currency you're you're using, you can load that onto that Revolut card and use it uh, for your um, bills or or um, not bills, sorry, or your food shops or whatever you want to use it for. Um, but it also doubles up as a card you can use all around the world, same as the post office money card. Yeah, that's how I it. that's how I heard of it because yeah. people recommend it when you go on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as long as you're not withdrawing money. That would actually be one thing I would say. Don't use it to withdraw money. Only use it to spend on because if you withdraw, because it's technically created for travel, you are charged. Um, you know, like if you go to a hole in a wall when you're on holiday and they yeah. charge you the conversion rate, yeah. they would charge you the conversion rate on the withdrawal. Yeah. So if you're like on a night out and you think, shit, I need 20 quid in cash. I'm going to draw 20 quid out on my Revolut card or on my post office money card. Don't. Yeah. Because you'll get a weird amount through and you're like, where's the... Or you'll get a charge and you'll be yeah. like, oh no, that 20 quid actually just cost me 23 quid. Yeah. Don't do it. Just use it to, to yeah. like I contactless or pitch it and pin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this conversational piece went really money focused, didn't I it? Feel, I know. I feel like we've gone... It's good though because I feel like we started off talking about like behind the scenes of what it's actually like and we've talked about the more like emotional side of things but then we have like pivoted into more practical advice yeah it's almost like we had a plan but we didn't we didn't oh yeah i hope you guys found this helpful i definitely did i feel like i've picked up i'm gonna go away and like 
take my 10% out of my income. Yeah, and I'm gonna go away and write at the beginning of my month what I need to like budget for, like what yeah. personal things I've got that month. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please leave a nice review on iTunes if you enjoy the podcast. And I will see you soon with another interview. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>